Unmuted. Welcome, you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Let's Talk Politics with Frederick Wilson and Kathy Taylor. We sure do appreciate you tuning in because without you, we just sitting here talking to ourselves, and that gets kind of boring sometimes. But thank you for tuning in. Got a great show lined up for you. Detroit, down to Houston, and New York to LA. All right, sorry about that. A little technical difficulty, but we're back at it. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple things. Of course, Corona, Corona, Corona. We're going to talk about that, give you the latest updates. We're going to talk about a couple things as well. I don't know about you, but I need my stimulus money. I need my money. You know, I'd be clapping when folks folk get mad at me clapping. I need my money. That's what I'm talking to, to Donald Trump in the Congress or that. I need my money. So we're going to talk about that and see where it is, who gets it, who's not getting it. And when it's starting to come and when it's not starting to come, we've we got some interesting information, some things that just don't make any sense. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other little things that was tied up in the stimulus bill, but uh, we'll get to that later on in the show. Of course, we've got this day in history. Some great things are going on uh, this time in the past. We, we love history around here. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jacksonville. Right here, of course, you know we're hailing out of Jacksonville, Florida, but this coronavirus has not seemed to stem the murder rate uh, right here in Jacksonville. I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like we're turning into Chicago or something, and I don't like it. But we're going to talk about you know, what's going on with that. We're going to talk about how the homeless, anybody stop to think about the homeless and how they're affected by these type of things, these pandemics and, and other medical crises that could go on. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, maybe something is to share that, if you, if you would, please let us know what's going on, where you're from, with the homeless, with the, with the uh, crime rate, how people are doing with the coronavirus, all those things. Uh, we'd like to reach out and uh, have you share with everyone that's listening, and maybe we can just see what's going on. Of course, you know, the million uh, conspiracy theories, the virus is not so bad, the virus is terrible, it's, it's set up, it's, it's to push the new world order, it's all kind of things that this can do. And we'll talk about some statistics, uh, running statistics that we have, uh, within the, within Florida, within the United States and other countries, and we can see, is this really more than, than are we really pushing more than what it really is? Should we really be worried about it or not? So uh, we're going to talk about that as well. The call number you're listening to is 917-932-1078. So if you would, please get that again, 917-932-1078, and text about five or six of your friends. We'll go six. Six is a good number today. When we take our break, we want you to go to six, text six of your friends, and tell them to tune in and let Kathy and I do the rest, all right? So pretty pleased with sugar on top and do all that. And uh, we're going to take us about two-minute break to get everything set up. We're going to come back to you with some interesting facts and some great conversation. And once again, thank you for tuning in and spending an hour of your time with us on this Monday uh, evening, all right? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Let's Talk Politics with Frederick Wilson and Kathy Taylor.
There is more to wellness than diet and exercise. Much more. Join the journey to better quality of life. Here's today's My Spirit Fitness Wellness Moment with your host, Felisha Love. There's more to wellness than a good diet and exercise. Much more. My Spirit Fitness is about finding ways to live with less stress and create happiness while on the daily grind. Picture this. Wellness is like tasting an award-winning bowl of gumbo. We celebrate all of the joys by adding key ingredients to please the palate and warm the heart. My Spirit Fitness is a daily two-minute show. I call it edutainment, education, and entertainment. It helps people squeeze out the delicate joys of life to live longer and with more passion, youth, and creativity. Wellness doesn't have to be boring. Hi, I'm Felicia Love. I'm a multimedia professional, a wellness expert, and author of Brave Leap to Freedom, integrating mind, body, and spirit to cultivate healthy relationships. In these segments, I'll be teaching keys to yoga, meditation, healthy relationships, and how to become your own personal trainer. With the My Spirit Fitness Wellness Moment, I simply provide steps to inspire people to win at personal sustainability for our families and our communities. They depend on it. Let's face it, we can't wait on Obamacare. As your wellness strategist, the sky is a limit on relatable topics and healthy benefits just like that prize bowl of gumbo. Taste and presentation provide a perfect measure of bliss. My Spirit Fitness, covering all corners of wellness to help you balance career and family, relationships, and quality life. Thank you for liking, following, sharing, Google Plusing, watching, and listening to My Spirit Fitness. You guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Let's Talk Politics with Frederick Wilson and Kathy Taylor. Appreciate you tuning in. If you're just coming in, you are right on time to get this thing started. Again, we appreciate you coming and being a part of us. It is, what's the date? It's the 13th of April. Already, we're in the fourth month of April. Yeah, fourth month of April. <laughs> I'm sorry, not the fourth month. You knew what I meant. It's the fourth month of June, of, what's this, 2020. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. It's strong orange juice over here. The fourth month of 2020, and uh, how y'all doing with this coronavirus? Before we get further with that, let's go back and do some history. Kathy's laughing at me, which means you know what that means. She's she in trouble now. All right, Kathy, talk to us. How you doing today, Kathy? I'm doing pretty good. All right, what we got history-wise? Um, okay, so in this day in history, in 1743, Thomas Jefferson was born. And if you don't know who um, Thomas Jefferson was, when he was born, he was the future president of the United States. President number three. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Cool right number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anything special about him? Is there anything special about him? I mean, as far as besides that. I mean, he's the father of the Declaration of Independence. He's father of a whole lot of black kids, ain't he? He is. Okay. Also, that's not so old as black kids. Okay, he's father of a whole lot of black kids as a slave owner. Just saying. Sally, Sally Henry was a girl name, right? Sally Henry. That's the one we know about. Okay, all right. A, black, a lot of black people named Jefferson. <laughs> Washington. Okay, just checking. Yeah. DNA improved it. Yeah, right. DNA improved it. They ain't know about that deal, huh? Okay, go ahead. What else you got? Um, also, in this day in history, in um, nineteen seventy, the Apollo thirteen um, oxygen tank explodes. So, um, this obviously the disaster happens up in space. It's two hundred thousand miles from Earth when the oxygen tank from I think it's the number two oxygen tank explodes. And one of the, if you ever heard the Houston, we have a problem, that's where this comes from. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because that is exactly what was said uh, right before the tanks exploded, was that Houston, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, so went back from, you know, just being on this mission to just trying to make sure they got home safely. So um, it did make its journey back to Earth. But it was like the biggest disaster that actually was fixed or saved. 
Yeah. Now, just think how scary that had to be. You're out in space, and if the oxygen or something explodes, all the air is sucked out, and you die. That's crazy. Yeah, but good thing they didn't die. Yeah, yeah, good thing they didn't die. They did now, though, probably. <laughs> but, but they didn't die from that. <laughs> but go ahead. All right, this day in history in 1964, Sidney Poitier wins Best Actor Oscar for the uh, movie Lilies of the Fields. And he was the first African-American to win the Academy Award for Best Actor. I'm going to say I am very proud of Sidney Poitier for winning that, that Oscar, Lilies of the Fields. But I also have to say I've never heard of Lilies of the Fields. Have you? Yes. Which one I told you about earlier. Yeah, but I've never done it. My favorite Sidney Poitier movie I'm torn between Two Sir with, with Love. Yeah, that's yeah, a jam, yeah, right? That Y'all check out Two Sir with Love. That was a jam. Yep. And um and I also liked um uh, uh Heat of the Night. Mm. The original. They called me Mr. Tibbs. Some of y'all giggling because 'cause y'all heard that before. I sound just like I'm really? different. Even like um Raising the Sun. I like Raising the Sun. That was good too. City Point A was was doing his thing. So I'm gonna have to, I didn't, I just forgot about Raising the Sun. But that was crucial too. But I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm, I'm just that. That uh, even heated the night though. That was the real deal. Yeah, but yeah, I like when he was sticking it to him too. He had a little attitude with it too. He was sticking it to him, let the boys know. So we we don't go in detail. But okay, I like that. All right, what else you got? Um, and then more recent was in this day in history in 1997, which really ain't that recent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be a little history. Yeah, but um, Tiger Woods wins the Masters tournament for the first time. Yeah, he won it by 12 strokes. Oh, he blew him out the box. Like, they weren't even close. Were they playing? <laughs> <laughs> he was playing against me. Yeah, with Young Tiger before he had his uh, issues. Yeah, and he got, I mean, and I, you never, I, when, I never been like a real big golf fan. I've, I've tried to play golf a couple times, and it is a, it is more challenging than I thought it was going to be. I thought you'd stand there, swing the club, boom, the ball, go to want to go, and the people that couldn't hit it, it just sucked. But when I was trying, I was like, this is, Serious business here. I didn't realize how much of a toll that takes on your body. Because a swing that club, when you do it the right way, you're not doing it in a natural body motion. You're doing things that feel uncomfortable. You have to train your body that the uncomfort is what you should be doing. And if you look at it like the one problem Tiger Woods was having was his back problems and his knee problems, all that, when he's twisting and turning all those, you're not doing naturally. So I didn't understand that it took that much of a toll on it until – you know, you read more and more that the, the guys getting arthritis and, and having surgery on that. And the first time I heard about it, like, how you hurt yourself in golf, right? You ever thought about, like, how you hurt your knee in golf? You walk. That's all you're doing. <laughs> you, you're walking. You're not, like, playing football or somebody's tackling you or, or soccer or basketball or, or, or rugby or something. Sport, nobody touches you. You walk. Sometimes you ride. You got somebody carrying your clothes. But I'm saying before I knew, when I was ignorant of what it entailed in golf, and you just sit back and looking like, how do you hurt? Mm-hmm. You should be able to play that all day and all night. I guess one of the reasons why I really didn't let pay too much attention to it because there wasn't any contact. I want to hit somebody or something, get physical. But, hey, I take my hat off. That money comes, too. They make a whole lot of money. Tiger Woods scheduled to be a billionaire before he got in all that trouble. You know what? He lost a whole lot of endorsements because of, you know, his, his situation. He's only doing all that, but. Yeah, but he's on the comeback trail, a little bit. No? Okay. You don't think so? You don't pay attention? All right, what else you got, Catherine? That's it. Tell the truth, Catherine. That's it. One more you left out, Catherine. No, I didn't. You left out one. You didn't want to mention it, but I'll go ahead and do it. On this day in history in 1928, this is a very important day for Catherine because this is the day that America, she could go home to her land and see her people. In 1928, first nonstop flight from Europe to North America, Catherine can go back to her native land of Europe (laughs) and see. Like that sounds like not winning. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine can go back to her native land of Europe and nonstop. And this happened in 1928. So uh, I don't know. She a little surprise, kind of like a little birthday surprise. And. yeah, That's my birthday's in December. So. Okay, well, there it is. But now, now you know, but in 1928, is how you get over there quick and, and see, your, see your people, look at the heritage and all that stuff. They're not from, from Europe. Came, Mountain. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> they're not from Europe. Okay, not all right, Europe. go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> all right, so that's all this day in history. 
What we got next? We're going local. She's giggling now, y'all. All right, let's go local. Um, and this is off of the lighter note. Um, by the crime is is up. Did you say on to a lighter note? No, it's not on a oh, lighter note. Okay. No, it's definitely not a lighter note. I was going to say, you messed up now. So yeah, violent crime is, is up in, in Jacksonville in, in the midst of this coronavirus, social distancing, businesses shut down, people out of work, people suddenly trying to make it. The criminals, just as always, are still doing what they do, which is be criminals. And... Um, Violent crime has dropped in many years of the city, but it's not been the case in Jacksonville. This Jacksonville, there have been 10 homicides and 23 people shot. That's according to uh, one of our local states that news the Drac records. Um, that's more than more than the same time last year. I mean, this month only 13 days. We only in day 13 of this month. And we got 10 homicides and, and 23 people shot this month. days. So yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Um, if, to put that in perspective, if you look at last month, there were 55 people shot and 18 homicides, and that's three times um, higher than the same time last year. So what is the situation? What, what is this? Go, what's going on? One, they're not social distancing, so let's start there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's one, they're not um, social distancing. Um, you look at, was it last week? Yeah, last Monday, there was a five-year-old girl who was shot in the head. We yes. were sitting in a car with her mom and her little sister, and two unrelated people get into arguments. Some other people jump into it all over $180, and somebody starts shooting, and she gets shot in the head and dies. There was a 50-year-old dude that was doing shooting, too. Yeah, but the two people fighting were two women. Yeah. And then a 50-year-old dude and a 30-year-old dude and mother dude jumped, jumped in. in. How are you 50 years old still running around beefing that over $180? Oh, because you're a convicted felon. Okay. And you're not supposed to have the gun this, anyway. This is a thought. You know I get some crazy <laughs> thoughts to come my head with stuff coming. Y'all, y'all just tuning in. I'm a little weird like this sometimes. Yeah. These ideas come. You don't have to. to. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm okay. sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was trying to say, but I was really interrupted. Um, should we... This, this is what I'm saying. Let me put this in perspective. Y'all know the little street thing I say, the little ignorant rule, snitches get stitches and all the other stupid junk, which I think is just ignorant, ghetto slang, wind up in ditches, all that stupid stuff. Don't tell when I, you know, I, I'm going to make you not tell when I do something wrong, but you can't make, make me not do it wrong in the first place. But how about you guys that agree with that, you felons, People that yeah, and you've, you've done your time, you served your time, and you're looking to get back in the in the world and be treated like uh, human beings should be treated. You want their respect back. You want to leave that in your past. How about you put pressure on other felons that are out, ex-felons, ex-cons, not to do it anymore? When you put pressure, like people put pressure on don't snitch, how about you go to those condos, ex-con houses and talk to them? You see about to do, about to do break some laws or whatever. How about you guys put pressure on them because it really makes the rest of you look bad. It really makes people say, I don't know if I want to hire an ex-felon because there could be a pattern, which we see a lot on the news, of people that go to jail, go to jail again and again and again. It's like it's somehow input in their DNA. I'm not saying it's true, but what I'm saying to you is if these shootings and these murders and then we get the police record and the person's just been out of jail or been in jail one, two, three, four times, it kind of makes people have a little, even if it's subconsciously, say, I ain't going to never hire no felon. So how about, it's a thought, that felons, Make sure you put pressure on the other felons when you get out. Don't act up because you're going to make it bad for all of us. That's the kind of pressure I would like. What do you think about that, Kevin? Yeah, that's a nice thought. It's not going to happen, is it? I can dream for a little bit. You can. But you don't think it's going to happen? All right. Who thinks that? Press the one button. I would like to hear about that, too. Do you think that that should happen? Do you think that now, the felons... should it happen, and will it happen? Well, I want to see should. We may put well, wood on... Well, can we start with the felons who are not... I mean, felons are not supposed to have guns. How about we start by them not having guns? But that'd be part of it. Don't do nothing wrong. Because the fact that you had a gun, that's wrong. And the fact that you're going to bring it around, take it out in public, that's wrong on top of wrong. And then you're going to shoot. You got three wrongs. 
even if you had it, you keep it in your house, okay, you might live in a rough neighborhood, you might need some protection. I can understand. Nah, I can have it. I can understand. I can understand. I ain't saying it's right. You can't have it. Okay. I know. I didn't say you could is. have it. I said understand. I ain't talking about can't have it. I can understand you want to have it. You need some protection. But for you to take it outside, for you to go ahead and use it. You, but you can't have it in your house. I understand that. I know, but you said for you to take it outside. They're not allowed to have it at all. He said I understand it. I know, but you can, the way you're saying it, I don't, I don't like it. That ain't going to change it, I said it. Yeah, but... If we've already established you'll like it. You talking about, I understand you need to protect your house, but you can't get out of They're not allowed to have it at the house either. Say it one more time. They're not allowed to have it. Everybody heard Kathy say they're not allowed to have it. Okay, but I'm telling you, I understand if you had one. I'm not saying it's right, but I understand if you think you need to protect yourself because crime don't matter if you're a felon or not. I understand that. No. You're still going to jail if you get caught. You say you... Daddy, are, you are saying it is okay to break the law. No, I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah, it ain't okay. You can't say you oh, whatever. Okay. Like I was saying, I understand. But this is uh, yes, on and on and on. Four um, felons were less arrested and guns taken away this weekend from felons. Because people like you that say, I understand that you're trying to um, take care of your home. Sorry, you lost that privilege when you became a felon. Sorry. I don't mean, I don't understand. If I was a felon, I'd still have a gun. Again, then you would be back in jail again. So we wouldn't be having this conversation because you would be. See, that's the thing. People need to start telling on these felons that have these guns. Again, that little girl who died because a felon had a gun and had no business having a felon. It's not because they had it, because they used it. Are you serious? So you're trying to say this felon who is not allowed legally to have a gun, if he didn't have it, that girl wouldn't be alive? No, you said two different things. No, you I didn't, said no, no. He had a gun. It's you like said dead. you said he she's dead because he had a gun. I said no, she's dead because he used it. That's why he's dead. Okay. Having a gun does not kill people. If he used it, okay, that's how she's dead. All right, all right. Thank you very much. You what cannot be that. You can't be that. That's not how you can be thinking right now. I'm, I'm thinking like that. Something wrong with you. That's the first time you said that, is it? No, something is definitely wrong with you. You sitting here and know it's illegal to have that, and you're okay with it. I just was okay with it. I said I understand. Two different things. Okay. And like Chris Rock said, I don't agree with it, but I understand. Mm-mm. I understand. You go to jail if you get caught. I understand. But you just said if I was a felon, I would break the law. If I thought it was necessary, yeah. Okay. I mean, but again, I, but I mean, I understand. But then you and can't I, ask felons to say don't do anything that's wrong. That's you okay. just said, I understand why you're doing this. You still got to face punishment. Didn't say you ain't supposed to go to jail. Didn't say you're not supposed you to get punished. You can't sit here and say, tell these felons not to do anything wrong and then say, but I understand if you have a gun. That's wrong. I need to start snitching on people. That's what I need to do. Uh, I need to as I was saying, I'm turn, turn I understand. Don't tell me you got no gun. I understand. But keep going. What else we got? Nothing I'm going to do. You're going to tell us nothing about the homeless, nope. I mean, about the crime. No, I ain't got nothing. You better start talking. I'm back, nope, because I'm back on you and being okay with convicted well, felons. You need to be on me all day. Don't talk about that. They changed the jack. What else we got crime-wise? Did they catch those guys? We're in the fight. The 50-year-old shot. The other dude was in the fight. Yes. The two women. They got caught. They got caught. Now, remember, one of them said that the, well, the, one, the mother, because she was in the, in the same situation, Kathy Keith Harper, no, um, the situation was that a lady was in a, at a, a basically a convenience store. She was in a car with two kids, and, the, and when the fighting broke out, basically in front of her, and the, in front of her, right there on the on the grounds in front of the store, and then the, you know one of the guys came out, and started shooting, shot the one daughter in the head, and blast of debris, I guess, got on the other daughter. So one died, and one's okay. She was just hurt, but the mom said one of the guys that was involved ran up to the window and apologized before he ran off. So. Oh yeah, that made all the difference in the world. That um, that shows that uh, he had some kind of conscience, but he still didn't. He had a real conscience. He wouldn't have had the gun. Still didn't. But she didn't say the guy with the gun did. She she said whatever. Yeah, the guy who shot him said it. Well, he got a conscience. He just didn't have a. He made good choice. If he had a conscience, he wouldn't have broke the law and had the gun he was supposed to have. Okay, we see things differently. Yeah, because that little five-year-old girl is dead because of him. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I mean he can't be sorry. I don't care nothing about her sorry. She don't care nothing about her sorry. Her daughter is dead. She's and the other little four-year-old is probably traumatized because she saw her little do- her um, big sister die. Breathe, Kat. I'm not. I'm mad now. <laughs> breathe. Everybody, say a prayer to Kat. Breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Let's go now to the other part of what's going on in Jacksonville, the homeless uh, numbers from just what I've seen uh, driving through downtown. The uh, homeless rate is seem to be skyrocketing. I don't have the official numbers, 
Oh, we got a phone call. We're gonna take this real quick. Let's see who this caller. What happened? No caller. All right. As I was saying, caller, if you want to be back, press the one button. Somehow we lost you, but press one button if you want to get back in. But until then, even just um, driving through downtown since the virus has been out, since the shutdown, I should say, I've seen a record number to me in just my eyes, a record number of homeless outside. And I've been seeing the numbers grow for months now. I've been talking about even the end of last year, uh, the numbers are just going up and up and up. And I'm trying to come to some figure out something. What's going on where we have so many more homeless people uh, in our city? And I imagine if it is around where you are. It, just uh, two weeks ago, uh, driving through downtown, it kind of reminded me of Kathy. I did a story, what, about a year ago now, that was um, – in California, in L.A., where they had the tent city. And what I saw downtown was like a little tent city, like a block or two, maybe a block and a half, of just little that people were just sitting down, like setting up shop sidewalk. It wasn't like in a in an area that was just off in the cut. Sometimes it's in a cut somewhere. I mean, these people literally just – on the street, like they just decided that this, this block and a half is where they're going to set up shop. And I was, it was unfortunate enough, I was unfortunate enough to see a lady defecate just right there, um, just down down the road. I mean, I was stuck at a light, and, you know, anybody else, they look at all the people around and the homeless people, and the lady just stopped and boom, and she was surrounded by people on both sides of her, and nobody really just batted an eye or, or cared. It was like, that's just what you do. It was just like you walking down the street and see two people having a conversation. And it, it just kind of hit me hard to say, with all the things that we have in this country, in this world, can't we do something better? Is this, is this our fault or is this a choice that they make? Is this something that we could be doing or is this something that we just kind of turned a blind eye to because – we go home, we got lights, electricity, we got plumbing, hot water, cold water, all these things that we have that are available to us. How do we how do we get to this point that we have so many people living outside in, in basic squalor? Have you seen the homeless rate? Have you noticed any kind of increase or is there anything that No? Why not, Catherine? Because I mean, it's under a stay-at-home order. Oh, you're in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, you ain't saying nothing. <laughs> you're like, no. You did, well, it's sad, Catherine. I, uh, I, I don't know, but we got a phone call? We do. We do? All right, let's go ahead and take this, and we'll talk about that. It's just sad, the homeless rate. All right, well, thank you for calling. This is top politician Frederick Wilson and Kathy Taylor. Go ahead. All right, I want to comment on, on, your, on your discussion about the felons. The problem is when people go to prison and they serve their time and they come out, the public says you are a criminal, you'll always be a criminal. So the public doesn't make any provisions for them or perhaps do anything for them as far as jobs are concerned. So it leaves them no other choice but to do what they know and that's to survive. Survive means to rob you. That's what they do. So you, in order for that to work, as you were saying, the 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 public is going to have to forget and say that you've served your time, and we're going to give you another chance. Now, if we give you another chance, and you mess up, then when you come out after that second time, then you could say we gave you a chance, you didn't. So now we're not going to give you any other chances. Okay, a question for you. I, I, I can understand that, but which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do we give you a chance and then you mess up, or do you? we don't give you a chance because you messed up before you had a chance to get a chance? I remember, I think back in 2000, 2001 or so, I, I attended a, a, a workshop that was dealing with this same situation with the homelessness, and one of the presenters there, I remember this, he said that um, felons, as, as you said, caller, Felons tend to repeat 
because they can't find a job or, or they can't find a job and it's hard for them. And I, I asked him, and he, he got mad at me. He didn't like me no more. Because I asked him when he talked about repeating, I was like, well, if you are an employee, you are hiring somebody. If you're an employee, you're hiring somebody. And you understand what was just said. That, you know, if you don't hire this person, they're likely to say, if you did not hire, they're likely to commit a crime. What about the rest of us that don't get hired, that are unemployed? We don't, we don't go commit crimes. So yeah, but why is it that they get an opportunity to go commit a crime because they're felons, but the rest of us that are unemployed, that are still trying to find a job, that still says that you are a criminal and you still have a criminal mindset, if you don't get what you want to get, then you're going to go break the law as opposed to other folks that don't get what they need to get. They don't go break the law. They just keep looking. Yeah, but see, we're, we're discussing felons. And if you dis- and, and, and in, that discuss- in this discussion of the felon, you're giving the felon a chance to, to, to uh, assimilate back into society because you pay the debt. Now, these other people out here who are not employed because they're too lazy, then that's a different thing. I mean, outside of the homeless. There's some people out here that you know, wouldn't even take a job if you paid them $10,000 a week. They, they don't want to get up and do anything. Now, those people... Those are the ones you say, okay, if that's what you want to do, then you go on out here, we'll turn our back on you and let you fend for yourself. But if you're talking about the felons, when they come out, just say, okay, you've served your time, and this is your chance. Now, if you mess that one up, then we can go back and put them in that other class and say, we gave you a chance, gave you every opportunity, you blew it. And since you blew it, they're going to put you in those who just don't want a job, and you go out here and fend for yourself. Yeah, but here's the question, though. Let's say they got out, unemployment rate is 6%, okay, 5%, 6%, all right? All right. How does the felon know? Because it, before the felon got out, used the felon still locked up, unemployment rate is 5%, let's say 5.5%, let's break it even. That means that 5.5% right. of people looking for a job can't get a job. When the felon gets out, and he can't get a job. How does he know it's because he's a felon as opposed to he's just not part of the 5.5% that's not a felon that still can't get a job? All right, well, this is what happens. All these people come looking for jobs. There's nothing on, on, on attached to this person that says, I'm a felon, I, just, I was just released from jail. Just as there's nothing attached to the other people that says, I'm not a felon and I'm looking for a job. They're all out here looking for jobs. But when you come, you're, you're identified as a felon. Your, your employment record, well, when they interview you, they'll ask you, where have you been for the last 15 years? And if you admit that or someone tells it, then that's when they know that. Now, you are still going to compete with the other person who doesn't want a job, but you're going to be given a slight advantage because we're trying to now bring you back into society. Now, this other person out here has been sitting out here, but you are going to be given a preference. Now, if you're given the preference, and here again, and you mess up, then we just say we're sorry, and you just go out and you're on your own. If you find the job, you can. I'm saying this. So you're telling me that a felon should get preference over a person that's not a felon just because he's a felon? If you want to return the felon into society and not make them the criminal that 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 that, that made them go to jail in the that first place. That they chose place. to be. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. No, okay, now if they chose to be the felon and you bring them they out. They broke the law. Well, they, they served their time. According, yeah, according so, to. So should they, if they served their time, should they be treated special? Because they served their time. Should they have to get in line or fight like anybody else that didn't go to jail, that's been out there fighting? Think about it. The felon's been in jail. He ain't been looking for a job. Other person's been out looking for a job six, eight, nine months, a year, and still can't get a job. But a person but that gets out of jail can come and get preference but, and get a job before him? But the, Okay, what society is trying to do is to find a way to return these people into society. So you're going to have to do something because if not, if they go and apply – and they're going to interview, and someone says, where have you been in the last 15 years? And they're going to have to say something. If they say they've been on the street, okay. But if they find out they've been in jail, of course, then people look at them and say, oh, you're jailbird. But 
to eliminate that discriminatory mark that, that they put on them, you've been in jail, give them a chance. And you never know. Some of them may turn around. But if you don't, you're going to force them right back into what got them in jail in the first place. And this time it might be much worse. So at least give them a chance. Now, those jokes that don't want a job, you go out there and approach them. If they don't want anything, if you give them a job and they say they start tomorrow morning, they don't show up and you contact them, well, I, I, I forgot. Okay, give you one more chance. Come on in the next day. So you, if they come in well, next have, day, you, that's it. Of course, have you hired and fired people? Would you hire a felon? See, would I? Depending yeah. on the business I have, yes. I would give them a chance, depending on on the business I'm in. I'll give you an example. Construction, people that work in warehouses or things, um, things where you, something like that, yeah. You put them in there and you give them a chance. Now, if they prove themselves, they can move up. Who knows? They may stay, and you'll stay with you for two or three years and find another job in another area and they leave you like anybody else would. But you have at least given him a chance. See? And that's what I'm saying. The only way it's going to work is for society to say to them, okay, you paid your debt according to the law. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance. Now, if you, and then just tell them, if you mess up this time and you go back, we may keep you locked up for a longer period of time. But we're trying to give you a chance. But then the, the, the other factor of this is this. When people go to prison, they call them correctional centers. They don't correct anybody. Then the, the, the prisons have to change. We, we call it modus operandi. That means instead of having them locked up and just sitting in the shell, you, you're going to have to look at them to say when you came in, did you have a skill or what was your educational level? And based on that, we're going to try to rehabilitate you. Now, if we can't, well, when you get out, we just keep your bed warm for you because we know you're coming back. But if the, if the correctional centers or whatever, however they're called, right. do the correcting or do something for them, then it makes it easier when they come out as a felon to now return to society because they can see something other than being locked up. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You're nicer than me, caller. Um, I ain't giving you no special. I'm saying I ain't giving you no special treatment. I might hire you, but uh, you ain't getting no special treatment. So you you did what you did. That's your choice, but uh, you ain't getting no special treatment. I'm going to look at the little side eye, too. Like like I said, it depends on the crime, too. I mean, I ain't hiring no rapists, and and I ain't hiring no no child molesters. But um, no, no, like, no. you just nice to me. Yeah, those like that, but, the, yeah. the rapists, the murderers, and all those people like that, no, you can't bring them out. And you would know that but when they go But they still in. get out, but they got to get a job. So what do you just say? Go, you going to rape somebody well, again? Yeah. Then? I mean, yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this is what happens. If you hire them and you know they're rapists and all these type of things, you say to them before you hire them, I know why you were in, but I'm going to tell you. I'm only going to give you one chance. You mess up, and you're gone right then. And, okay. And, and, you, like, yeah. you better than me because I ain't hiring your period. But okay. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. Thank you, Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right, let's go. We'll get down. That was, that was uh, again, how many of y'all feel that same way? Was Am I wrong? Am I wrong for saying uh, you're not getting no special treatment, or, or is that? It, it, that just be me, and too, me being too cold and heartless or whatever. But let's see. We got another caller. Okay, so you were nicer than me, too, because you all like the fella can have a gun. I didn't say could. I did not say could. That's what I heard. Oh, you heard something wrong. I said I understood. I <laughs> no, didn't say I agree. You cannot have a gun if you're a felon. All right, we got Todd on the line. Todd, what's up, my boy? How you doing? Todd, again, I gave you the hard intro. Todd, what's up, my boy? How you doing? Captain Fred, you hear me? That is. How you doing? Okay. Wait, why cool. you say Kathy first? You know me say Fred and Kathy. That's that's true. Fred Kathy, you hear me? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, you should go with the older person first. Well hey, if you got time while you're um while you're not um being teachers in house, 
here's two good Sydney Poitier movies that happen to be my two favorites. Uptown Saturday Night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I still I already what? know what... I know what's coming. I've seen the movie so many times. I know what's coming, like, immediately. Exactly. And I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and Black Boy Jungle. Now, I don't know Black Boy Jungle. I don't know Black Boy Jungle either. What was that about? Black Boy Jungle is about some inner city youth, and um, Sidney Poitier is playing one of them. It's an old Sidney Poitier movie. Look that one up. Black. It comes on It comes on the um, Turner... Turner Turner Classic Movies, kind of regular. That is a good mm-hmm. movie. I mean, a really good movie. It was shot real nice. <laughs> real okay. nice. He might right. been, he's at the back end of his 20s in that movie. <laughs> but he was playing okay. a high school kid. So I would hire a rapist. I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even struggle to hire a rapist. I just have to know under what, cir- what the circumstances were. Because you could, get, you could get convicted of rape for being an 18-year-old high school student Getting down with a tenth grade high school student, and you're yeah, in the right. Part, but I, what I was implying, I was talking about like the series. I just knocked you upside your head, and and you know, stalked you, and followed you home, and beat you upside the head, and raped you. Not not something like a statutory, like oh, you were three months off on the birth date, and that's why you now consider the quote unquote rapist. I, I was just more for the violent, the violent rapist or the drugs. You know, we're gonna slip you this, this Ruthie and and drag you somewhere. That type of rapist. Yeah, I anticipated that's what you were talking about, but because yeah, it's such good a looking out. The term, the term is diluted. The term, the yeah. term is way too diluted, way too broad, way too broad. And it's because yeah. of that that, you know, naturally when most people hear that term, that's the first thing they think. Somebody got strong-armed or or drugged. So I'm saying I would because I, I would have to know the circumstances. So All right, if you I, knew the circumstances, would you hire one that, that you just broke in some lady's house and, and raped her in the middle of the night? Okay, United States. So if I'm in, if I'm in no, a position where I'm hired and, I, and and somebody come through, I'm sending them your way. Trust me, if you knew me, if you really knew me well, you would. I, I can say this with complete confidence, based on what I've heard you and Kathy say. If you knew me real well, you would not believe I was nicer than you. <laughs> you would not. For real? <laughs> nah, Uh-oh. man. Nah, you really Uh-oh. wouldn't. But but depending on what I knew about the person, I might cut them some slack. But I'm with I'm with you on that though. You you only get one strike, man. I. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. I give you. It might not even be a strike. It might be a foul ball. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. Having said that, having said that though, this this is um a little bit concerning to me. That the sunny Jacksonville, Florida, has a murder rate like that, man. How how good are man, they? Bang them. First of all, um, always up there. we've been the murder capital of Florida for a minute. <laughs> is that right? See, I don't keep up. Yeah. I don't, I don't keep up. It's, and it's it's so odd that uh, that a place like that that has you know the climate and the opportunity to move around with relative ease if you just barely making it are are acting like that man. I assume most yeah, of these like, crimes are black. At? Most of these crimes what's, are what's black on mad? black. Go do something with yourself. Yes, most of them are black on black crimes, and most of them happen in a particular in particular um, zip codes. And what's you the, can't say that you'll be racist. You, um. So stop me when I'm lying. I say you'd be lying. Exactly. I say you'd be racist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say such things. Okay. There's no true. such thing as black on black crime, right? Oh, okay, whatever. Okay. So what's well, the yeah, apprehension and conviction rate? Okay, first of all, Ooh. our solve rate is real low here, which is why so many people get killed because they know they they only got like a 23% chance of getting caught. Yeah. Our sovereignty is very low, 23%. We're not getting a lot of community help. That's the problem. And when I talked earlier about the snitches get stitches, like I, I've walked with Mad Dad. I ain't done it like a year and a half now, two years now. But dads and um, we walked with Mad Dad. The people wouldn't talk to me. Yeah, I've done it. But even before I met you, I was walking with Mad Dad. And you go something, you knock on a certain door. What the rule is that they tell us before you know we meet up before we go. And it's like, hey, if anybody gets confrontation with you, just thank them. Don't try and discuss anything. Don't try and talk them anything. Just thank them and just walk away because it could get real heated. And uh, we're knocking on doors trying to figure out, you know, this person got murdered, and he's supposed to cuss you out for coming and asking questions. Who the F are you? I ain't telling you nothing. Uh, get the hell away from me. all kind of stuff they'll say to you. And you're like, look, this child was just murdered, like, you know, three, four doors down from, from this house right here. And, and, and we're trying to find who did it. We're trying to get justice for this little 12-year-old girl that just got murdered. And, and y'all cussing us out? Yep. Y'all threatening us? 
that's affirmative. So it's difficult, and we're not even the police, so you know, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk to police. And we want the police too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just regular jokers that just come out and say we care about this community, we care about these murders, we care about fellow human beings, and it's not an easy task. So, you know, I don't want you to think, oh, just the police aren't trying, because they are, and we are, and people still do, and it's just that 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 ignorance of don't snitch and you're going to get in trouble, that is that is. Absolutely true. Okay, now all of it ain't just because not all of it. I mean, there there are crimes that happen in broad daylight in the middle of shopping centers and they don't get caught. Yeah, I ain't say all of it. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying, but all of it isn't just people not snitching. But I mean, the crime rate would the, the 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 capture rate would go up if people told, wouldn't they? Yeah, but we also need to get some people on it that are actually really trying to solve these cases and really take them seriously and think black on black crime is just as important as say a little white girl being shot. Sonic, you need to be a part of the police force. Nah, okay. Okay. Right. So I have a question for you. Um, Dr. Falco, the guy who's speaking for the White House a lot, spoke mm-hmm. on Saturday and said that they had the information that they needed to have about the um, virus being epidemic-type size in January, but there was a lot of pushback on doing what they're actually doing now. And he didn't specify that the pushback was coming from the White House, but he was clear that the information was out in January. Where are you guys at with that? Because I'm still in the same place that I was before. This is I'm not putting this on Donald Trump. I'm putting this on every administration for the last three, not including his, that they weren't emphasizing enough to the governors and the um, various states that – you know, being on top of um, intruding viruses that would all, could lead to a pandemic is just as much the governor's responsibilities as it is the um, president, the federal government's responsibility. And our our previous White Houses really didn't do that much to um, in, enforce the strength of the detectives and the CDC, which is what they do when they detect when they're looking for diseases that might cause great harm to the country. So where are you guys at with Falco's statement? Other than the obvious, I know we're both, none of us are are advocating for um, Trump to win again, but do you really feel like this is on him? That oh, was a I long partially question. Do think it's on him. <laughs> no, I, I partially do think it's on him. Um, I understand what you're saying, isn't, but he's the only person to blame. And I was, me and I were just talking about this yesterday or the day before, one or two. In my opinion, not only does Trump need to go, every person in Congress needs to go because there are a lot. There's a lot of um, uh, and some governors. Um, there are a lot of um, blame to be pushed around. From my understanding of everything I saw, we the U.S. government was notified December 31st about this pandemic. Do you remember um, what the notification? Do you remember what the I'm notification? Sorry? Do you remember the, it came you, from what the specifics the World were? Organization. Okay. In the beginning, if you remember, not only were um, Trump's little mouthpieces of um, Fox News and Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh all saying that this was all a, a, um, a hope to try to get him, Trump. yeah, to stop Trump, Trump was going on too. He wasn't taking it seriously in the beginning. If he had taken it seriously in the beginning, do I know that it would have been a lot different? I don't know. But I know he didn't take it seriously in the beginning. He was blaming everybody else. It's the Democrats trying to make this look worse than it is. It's not true. Um, is it possible that somebody tried? Sure, everything, anything's possible. But you err on the side of caution. And you decide, you know what, let's see what we can do, everything we can to um, try to keep this from taking over. And I feel like the ball was dropped in the beginning. There was a lot of pushback. But I think Trump is not the only person that needs to be blamed for this. There are a number of people that need to be blamed for this. And getting on that, when we start looking at this whole stimulus thing, it's another reason why these people need to be removed from office. Yeah. But like, as you said, too, like the, uh, the, the resources were depleted under Obama, and they were not a lot of the masks and things, and, and he did not uh, spend the money to, to uh, rebuild the resources from the other viruses that we had, the Spanish flu or the H1N1 and different viruses that came through under his watch. He did not 
uh, bring them back up to to the standards that we needed. And Trump's been in office, and he did not bring him up there. He didn't bring him up either. Yep. So it's been enough time for both of those presidents to have done something. And that's what I think. I don't know if we discussed it online, but we were talking. I know we're talking offline about this. Now that and Kathy will. Is this um, something that we should really be mad at as far as the the did not not uh, replenishing the resources, or is this something that people just didn't think? Hey, we're going to have this type of situation uh, to come up, and re, you know, purchasing masks and other these other supplies that we need in gloves, which is not something that was just on the forefront of what America needed. So I, I don't know because again, Obama didn't do it, and Trump didn't do it. They're two different presidents. They're two different people. Two different political parties. I would I would imagine I would hope that neither one of them would want to see you know, America go through this and see Americans die because they didn't replenish and they didn't do as much as they could do in the first place to get it done. So I just wonder, is it just something that's just on the background so much in the back burner that, you know, people just, just kind of get, just falls through the cracks. And then when it happens, like now, it's up under uh, Donald Trump's watch. Oh, you so terrible. So I don't know. This goes back to Reagan as far as I've studied it. And it may have gone back further than that. Uh, a common sense approach as a president of the United States in charge of, that has a lot of influence over the Center for Disease Control and the National Institution of Health and the Federal Drug Administration, a common sense approach to um, funding them would be this. We had this many people on the planet Earth during X year. We had this many people on the planet Earth now. We had this many people in the United States during X year. We had this many people in the United States now. The bulk of our people are living in crowded major cities. We need to be able to vaccinate. Um, we need to be able to do research on a higher level, and we need to be able to um, shut down and modify on a high level. And those are the routes that we use through those three agencies. And they, you're saying replenish. But they, none of these institutions have been given the research strength that they should have, so it's not really a repl- replenish as much as it is fund them correctly and staff them correctly. And I just can't put it, I just can't put this all on Trump, man. But yeah, having said that, that having said that, uh-huh. let me say this an exit, please send me a note if you check it out, Blackboard Jungle. I'm going to go back to listening, okay? All right, we'll do that, definitely. But I, I, I see what you said on that as far as the replenishing. And you wonder, has it? Uh, why why hasn't Congress done it? We don't blame Trump or or blame Obama, but Congress they represent the people in their states. I'm sure the governors have spoken to them about their readiness for any kind of diseases, any kind of outbreaks, any kind of uh, pandemics, or any kind of any kind of thing that would deal with their state. And the the state legislator, the state representative, the state governor should also have had something put in place, even if Congress failed to act. So, as Kathy said, there's plenty of blame to go all the way around. If everybody took care of what they're supposed to take care of, then we'd all been taken care of already. So I don't know. I just still have a problem with people going past. And, again, because I'm not a Trump supporter, maybe that's why people discount some of the stuff I see. However, he's been in office for three years. That's more than enough time to fix things that, I mean, you don't keep blaming so long. If I take over a company three years after I take over the company, I can't still blame the former owner for something I didn't put in place. Okay. At some point, you got to say, okay, the buck stops here. Obama said that when he came in office. He said, the buck stops here. I mean, but you also have to look at the fact that that um, pandemic team that um, Obama established a year after Trump got in, he disbanded, and I'm not going to say fired because some people were let go, but then some people were gotten to different um, organizations. But you basically disbanded the um, pandemic team. So that has to look on you, too. Yeah. And again, at some point, you got to say, okay, I'm three years into this. It's time for me to take responsibility, but not about the president. He said I ain't taking responsibility. What yeah, you he, he said I ain't taking responsibility for this. All right, so one of the things I wanted to talk about when you were talking about the homeless was what some um, other, some of the major cities um, around the United States are doing. One in particular would be um, New York City. New York City is deciding that they're going to put some of the homeless, they're going to try to get them off the streets and out of the shelters and put them into the 10,000 empty hotel rooms. I think they want to um, fill up about 6,000 of the rooms that are empty um, and put them in there to try to make it so that it's less people together. 
because it's, you know, obviously you're laying on the street, you're probably in crowds. And also, because um, it's been kind of chilly up there. And also in the shelters, it's crowded. So oh. it kind of gets some more space. I would like one of them tweets at the Waldorf Astoria. Okay, I don't think that's you what it is. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I'm sure if all of got some 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 vacancies they now. They do, but I don't think that's. I'm what just saying, they right, like, brother, nah. with the big jacuzzi and all that stuff. Nah. This ain't home alone. Okay, <laughs> or, or, or coming to America. Yeah, but um, other cities that are doing that, New Orleans is doing that. Los Angeles has already done it. So is San Francisco. So there are cities that are pull, filling up. But the Jacksonville's thing about doing it as well. Yeah, and I mean if you. Jacksonville can because if you think of them saying that the hotel rooms are basically closed to anybody except for um, essential personnel, there will have to be a whole bunch of hotel rooms that are empty. Yeah. But then, then you got to hire people to clean them, too. Look at people working. Won't they do it? <laughs> <laughs> that is. All right. All right. All right. One of the other things, we only have a few minutes left. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about was the amount of um, food that is being destroyed during this um, pandemic. Um, if you look at it, it there are thousands of gallons of fresh milk that are being just poured out. That's a lot of bowls of cereal. It, it's a lot of bowls of cereal. And it's crazy because if you go to the supermarket, not like I've been there, right. but <laughs> if you send someone to the store for Instacart. you. Instacart. <laughs> send somebody to the store for you. There is a limit on how much milk you can. You can only get one gallon. Yeah. So while y'all are saying, the stores are saying you can only get one gallon, all of these farmers are having to dump all their thousands of gallons of milk because the demand is down. It's not really down. We're not allowed to buy it. Yeah, they're trying to get the price going up again. They want to. They don't want to crash the market. But you're already killing the people. Like right now, most people are eating at home. That ain't gonna crash the market. Go on and let these people get the milk. Hey, that's why they paid them the big bucks. No, this is not. So then, at the same time, you have farmers in Idaho that are saying that they're having to bury millions of pounds of on- onions and other produce that they are just. Um, plowing over, same thing in Florida and everything else. All over, they have all places that are basically crap, rolling over their crops yeah. and putting them back into the ground. Cabbage and and beans and everything, they just and and the reason why they're doing this is because now the demand is lower because these restaurants not um, getting as much schools are closed, amusement parks, things like that, where they were sending this stuff to, they're not having to send it to me. But Send some of that to the store because a lot of these are empty. Yeah, but I guess somehow they figured out if they did that, it would be detrimental to the economy. As these people are pouring out stuff and people are hungry. Just saying. Hey, I, I don't understand it either, but that's, that's why they paid them the big bucks. See, you just got a master's. Yeah, that's, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> My bad. Exactly. You're right. I only got a master's. That's true. So anything else, though? Not on that, but um, one the politics are still moving, even in, during the coronavirus, because boom, 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 feel the burn. Oh, Bernie Sanders is in the hell. But he was in the house saying goodbye. Yeah, because Bernie Sanders already said goodbye. But he was like, hey, on my last thing, I'm going to do what I did last time. I'm going to endorse the other person. So he has endorsed Joe Biden. I'm going to endorse. And this is what I don't like about politics. Um, and and I, I mentioned this on Facebook. People got mad because, of course, as a, as a black conservative, when you say something, about black Democrat, it's only the only reason why you could say that, or you say something about it is because you're racist. But uh, and tied it in, you're racist and you don't know because you're a sellout. But I don't like it when I see these guys get on stage and talk about each other and how bad they are for uh, the the White House, and then they lose, and then they say, you know what, you're not so bad after all. Well, <laughs> I'll endorse you. Let's be clear. It's not just Democrats doing it. Republicans do the same thing. I know that, but right now the Republicans don't have anybody really running against Trump, so they don't have to do it. But it, it don't matter. That's what I said about politics. I didn't say about the uh, I didn't say about the, the Democrat Party, about politics. Democrats, Republicans, same people. They ain't the same people. Are you kidding? They're the same people. Are you telling me Trump's the same as Obama? Yep. Trump is the same as Obama? Yep. <laughs> Which one is it? It's not. I okay. just wanted to say yep. <laughs> However, just... <laughs> wait, Trump ain't no real um, Republican anyway. Are you serious? Are you telling me there's like no test you got to take to be a Republican or a Democrat? Nope. Don't get me started on testing again. You're going to make us unpopular. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Um, Bernie Sanders, he, he, he made his announcement today. He, he's officially endorsing uh, Joe, Bi- I mean, Joe Biden. He had a little uh, live feed, and uh, so everybody could see him um, doing it live, saying, Joe Biden, I'm going and, and, and support you. Bernie Sanders asked the 
all the Democrats, conservatives, independents, and he said even some Republicans to get behind him and get out. Uh, the current president, he said, is the most dangerous man uh, in the world today. He called him a racist, xenophobic, sexist, uh, whatever, all the other words he said. He talked about him for his action on the coronavirus, all the other things. But basically said he wants to see uh, Joe Biden in the White House on uh, in next year. I guess the end of this year. Well, he'll be elected this year, but he won't take the White House to 10, 10 months from now. But he wants to see it done. And I said, and I think, Kathy, we, we, we talked about it before. We knew Joe, this was going to happen because we knew the Democratic Party would not let Joe, Joe Biden win. Nope. Nope, that's not what you mean to say. What? Bernie Sanders. Oh, I'm sorry. The Democratic Party wouldn't let Bernie Sanders win, just like they didn't let him win four years ago. And that that kind of gives me a bad taste in my mouth, too. Look, yeah, Bernie Sanders is a team player. He let them cheat him out last time, and he still endorsed Hillary. And then now he's supporting Joe Biden. So that's what he's doing. He's supporting Joe Biden. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand it. But, hey, who do you think is going to win, Catherine, in your heart of hearts? Um, Not nobody. Really? <laughs> Everybody's gonna go to elections. Who do you think somebody else? <laughs> Who do you think's gonna be president in the know. next term? It's it's a no win situation. But I'm gonna be at the um inauguration. Whoever wins, I'm gonna cover. Okay. All right, that is. I'm saying Donald Trump in twenty twenty, baby, all the way. Trump third, Trump third, Trump third. That's what it is. I'm a Trump right I got my MAGA hat on. I got a MAGA shirt. I got MAGA shoes. I got MAGA drawers on. Right, What's con- oh, right, con- yeah. Getting carried away with it? You're getting real okay. carried away. Actually, I do think Donald Trump's going to win, not because I want him to win, just because I think he's going to win. Like, I think that. it depends. When the Jaguars play football, I don't think I think the other team's going to win. Not just because not, I like it. Not you telling it. Not because you telling it. The Jaguars are always going to win. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's my hopeful thinking. But I said, in my mind, I said, the other team's probably going to win. Not because I don't want the Jaguars to win, but just because I know – who they playing against? And who they are? It depends on where where this is and, that's what and people, where the economy is. Yeah, and that's what if the economy saying. is still doing bad, well, then I don't. Then they that. can blame Trump and then say it's your fault. But the economy does good. Trump will say how great he handled it, and we pulled this out of there that another president could have done. If it's bad, Trump is going to say how good he did, and nobody else could have did this. Yeah, president. but it's a hard argument when it's not bad. for him. Well, not for him, but for people to believe it. Okay, but he gonna believe whatever. Twenty five percent of Trump supporters. Said no matter what, they will vote for him regardless. Because you know why? Because they drinking that Kool Aid. How many? What percentage of, of Democrats gonna vote for Democrats just because they're Democrats? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking I'm about just saying it's, not, it's a whole lot of yeah. I'm saying it's a whole lot of Kool Aid out there. People drinking it's a different flavor. But they said no matter what he does, they would still vote for him. Yeah. No, there's nobody that no matter what they would do, I would still vote for him. You wish for Trump, quit lying. You crazy? Okay. Anyway, I wouldn't vote for you. If I knew you that's did something wrong. That's because you don't like me like that, but that's all right. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I clapped earlier. Where is my IRS check? Your IRS check ain't coming. Are you serious? It could come. It could be always till September. It could be always to September. They started out this real quick, so I'm coming down to the end. But the check started out, started going out today, not to the checks, but the money started hitting the counts today, and depending yeah, on. It started hitting last week. Last Like Friday. Friday. Thursday, Friday, people started getting their checks. Mm-hmm. I was not one of those people. I'm not one of them. Friday or or Monday because <laughs> it's not in my account yet. But um, some people have received their money. and About 80,000, I mean 80 million people have 80 had million. their process. Are you telling me I can't be one of 80 million people? That's what I'm, that's what basically it's telling you. Wow. My luck kind of sucks. It does. <laughs> one of 80 million. I was hoping to get some of that money. Oh, okay. You look sucking in one money. Yeah, you're like, where's the money? <laughs> All right. Look at that $1,200 I was about to give yeah. you. Okay, hold tight. One of the things that you learned about this that really ticked you off about it, with the 16-year-old, 17-year-old, you don't get any kind of money? If, you, if Okay, so and just in case you don't understand how this works, okay, so anyone making under 99000 it's really under 75000 gets um, no, $1,200. If they make under 99000 and in between that seventy five thousand and ninety nine thousand, then they get a reduced check. Mm-hmm. If you make over ninety nine thousand, you get nothing. Amazing. Now, for your children, qualified children, you get five hundred dollars. However, what they said was qualified is any children under sixteen. Sixteen and under. So that means that most seventeen year olds are still in high school, and their parents don't get any money for any 17-year-olds or anybody else they claim that might be full-time students. 
which is crazy. And a lot of 18-year-olds are still high school students. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy, but that's the government. Now, and I, you got kids that are in college that are full-time students, that their parents are completely supporting them. Yeah. So I said you cut out some of the stuff. We didn't get to go to uh, all the pork, that all the pork in that's in there, but you cut out some of that pork, and you might be able to really take care of these families. I, I don't understand how a $2 trillion is going to turn out, turn out to be $1,200 and $500. Something's not right to have $2 trillion turning that amount for families, and it's because there's a whole lot of the crap going on the foot, but we can cover that, I guess, next week and go into more detail. I guess we have more to talk about, too, how people don't spend their money when they start hitting, because 80 million people got some of their money. They need to be paying bills. They need to be. We'll see how the money's spent. People have these sales on for the, for, for a hot second, and we go right on spending. But. Yeah, but if you're not working, that's not what you need to be doing with your um, spending. No sale, nothing. Okay. But, again, you also shouldn't have a gun if you're um, – if you're a convicted felon, you sure shouldn't, but I understand. Stop saying that. <laughs> I do. Stop saying that. Okay. It is not right. I feel right. Yeah, but stop saying that because it, it seems like you're. I understand. So now when somebody you know gets shot by a convicted felon, just make sure you keep saying, I understand. I didn't say shoot nobody. I said I understand where you got one. They ain't got no business having one. Okay. Anyway, we got to wrap this show up because it's time to go. What were we talking about today, Catherine? We talked about this day in history. We talked about Sydney Portier winning the Oscar for a best. We talked about Sydney Thank my lucky stars you live in here today But the flag still stands for freedom And I can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where it is dying of my free And I won't forget the men who died we also talked about how Bernie is from the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Oh, 